that's monumental. That's a huge impact. You know what I mean? And a lot, of, not enough kids get that one-on-one human time with people. Everybody, not just them, is looking at a device. So yeah. when we can look young people in the eye and see who they are, and you know what I mean, tell them that they matter, and you know, show them a book and 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 spark their imagination and and be right there. Have a like a. I think that's the thing is like have going through the experience with them, build up their confidence. So yeah, I think I put a battery in their back. You know what I mean? They need that. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs that. Like that little bird that's about to jump off the nest. I'm sure that little bird needs a little bit of encouragement from Big Mama Bird, you know what I mean? Or Papa Bird, like, you got this, baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? And what I hear is sometimes they actually push them. They actually be like, you got to go. Like, yeah. there's no, you, you can't you can't hang up out in here no more. You got to go. Right. And they go tumbling out, right? Like, it's almost like you, you can do this. You can do this and you got to do this. You, you got to do this, you know? Taking Off The Mask podcast. My name is Ashanti Branch, and I'm really glad you joined us. Uh, today's guest is Emil Cook. You know, Emil and I got a chance to meet. We, we did a little recap in the show, but we got to meet at South by Southwest, EDU. And at that conference, uh, there was an event one night that was really powerful where two educators almost had like a, a battle. If you imagine like a DJ battle or a rap battle but imagine two DJs with their turntables. One plays a song, another plays a song. You kind of, if you think about how verses works, right? Verses is one 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 um, one performer will perform a song, and then another one perform a song, and it's kind of like back and forth, right? It's like a, a kind of a competition, but not really so much, but a way to highlight the work. And these educators were highlighting their work, and I think one of the things that was really powerful, you know, they asked us not to record or not to film. They just want you to be really present. And when you're being really present, you can take in and like reflect in a lot of ways. And I think one of the things that stood out to me the most was an educator who talked about the challenges of education. And around the challenge of education, it happened to be that I was in that moment meeting a meal and we got to talk about some of the challenges in education. And I think that being able to have a space where men of color or black men can come together and talk about the challenges in education as educators, not just what our kids are experiencing, young people are experiencing, but what we as educators experience is so important and so valuable. And so uh, having this conversation with him was really meaningful. And and what you're going to hear in this conversation is just some elements of educators trying to help young people navigate the world in the best way possible. He talks about a story of of, 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 of coming to a value of education being in South Africa and seeing a, a seven-year-old boy. You'll hear his story tell about this seven-year-old boy who just wanted an education, who just wanted an education. He was living on the streets. He was homeless. His parents had died. But he said, I just want to get an education because he even knew that the value of education would pay off in the long run. And I think that's a really powerful piece of this work is how do we help young people, whether they're in college age, middle school, elementary school, high school, find a place that they can see the value of education. I'm not talking about necessarily that the college degree, although I think you should go. <laughs> I'm talking about education in all its ways, personal education, financial education, social, emotional education, knowledge of yourself and culture. So many ways that we need to begin helping people find the value of learning. And that's what I'm really excited about this conversation. 
I'm glad excited that we got to two educators got to come together and really take off our emotional mask and connect in a deeper way. And you know, if you haven't yet made a mask, you can do that today. Millionmask.org. I encourage you to go and make a mask if you haven't done it yet. If you've already made a mask, you can actually go in and share it with somebody you know. If you are if you know a teacher, a principal, and an educator, share this with them. Share share the, these two educators talking about school and education and masks and we know Our schools are not going to get better just by hoping they get better. They're only going to get better when we put the energy, time, dedication, and and focus towards helping our young people see themselves bigger and better. Listen, um, I wanted to share with you, we we did a workshop last week at an elementary school, and I think this is very telling to the work. So let me, I'm going to grab this. I wasn't sure I was going to show you this, but I think it actually is more important than ever. Uh, One of the things that we, uh, most of our work is always in middle school and high school, but this elementary school, fourth and fifth grade boys were like hungry, like, and they, and they were doing some amazing work. Like they, they, you know, they're, they're younger. And so we had to like make the room a little bit more energetic so that they could get some of that energy out of their system and not just feel like they were sitting and listening the whole time. But it was really beautiful. And I'm going to show you one mask that stood out to me the most. <sighs> okay. So I'm going to see, see if I can see it the best. I'm going to see. So this is the mask. On the front of the mask, uh, this 11-year-old boy who says, man, <laughs> how great was that? This gender is man. The front of the mask says fun, happy, super happy. <laughs> like, look at that. Fun, happy, super happy. And the back of the mask, the things that he doesn't let the world see. There's a lot more on that back, but I'm going to read them to you. Depression, mad, sad, nothing, thinking, mean. Eleven. I mean, sometimes adults have a hard time finding three words. This boy, this man right here at 11 years old said six words on the back of things that he doesn't let people see. I hope that you recognize that you're not alone. And for this 11-year-old boy, I just want to thank him for taking off his mask with us. And we look forward to even more. So you are have you right now listening to this podcast, you can help us with this movement. We have a... 24-hour relay challenge coming up. That's our annual community event. It's a fundraising event, and we really want your help. And all we ask you to do is go to our website, make a page. Even if you don't want to walk the 5K or run the 5K or hike the 5K or scoot, whatever you want to do, if you don't want to do the 5K, you can at least help us by sharing the page with people in your community. Uh, We've made a goal for ourselves to raise $50,000 to support teen mental wellness. This is an 11-year-old who's going through his own stuff, but we believe he's in need of support too. And a lot of times our schools don't have the resources and we want to be able to provide their support to those schools without them having to be burdened by trying to figure out how they're going to pay for it. And so if you can support this work, we invite you to do that. Um, Everforwardclub.org is our website. And uh, we thank you for being a part of this podcast and we look forward to seeing you again soon. Please enjoy today's episode with Emil Cook. See you soon. Welcome to the Taking Off the Mask podcast. My name is Ashanti Branch, and I'm really glad you've joined us. Today's guest is Emil Cook. Listen, 
some of you know that just recently we got back from South by Southwest. Um, and at South by Southwest, there was an event. And this is, uh, I don't even know how to describe the event. Let's just call it a, a DJ battle for educators, but there's no DJ. So an educator battle, but it's kind of hard to say that, right? Because there wasn't really a fight, but it was a powerful experience. And so I got to meet Brother Emil at this event, and it was an immediate connection. And I was like, we got to stay connected. And and that was you know a couple of weeks ago, and, and now we're having this conversation to go even deeper. So Brother Emil, welcome to the Taking Off the Mask podcast. Brother Shanti, it's my pleasure. I'm, I'm real happy to be here, man. It was dope meeting you. That was a dope event, man, you know? That was. And I think one thing you and I, one thing that really stood out when you and I was talking is um, at this event that they they asked us not to take any pictures, not to do any video. But there was a moment where an educator got a chance to really open up, and they, it was asked a really hard question about what is the challenges of leadership. And and I somehow we happened to be standing by each other when that answer was happening. And I and I was like, you know, I never want to judge. I don't judge anybody. Well, I, I think maybe I judge, but I, in my mind, I was saying. Man, I wish he had went deeper around the challenges of education and leadership because the thing he shared was great. But man, there's so many challenges as being a a man, a leader, a man of color in education. And I was like, and I think I said something to you like, man, I wish he had went deeper. And, and maybe he doesn't go through the challenges I go through, but I know that I go through a lot. So, and you were like, yeah, me too. And I was like, I would love to have you on the podcast. It was just like right in that moment where it was like, when we can go, when we can willing to let ourselves like know that there's more going on with us than sometimes what we're letting the world see on the outside, man, it's so powerful. So, man, I, I was glad to have that moment with you. And it was when I knew that we were ready to go deeper, you know? Yeah, man, it's serious. Like, you know, it's, it's the challenges of being an educator. It, it can definitely wear on your mental health, your physical health, you know, um, you know, and if, if you don't have positive coping skills, you know, a lot of us, it depends on your background. You know what I mean? It really depends on where you come from, um, how you was raised, what you're accustomed to. But, you know, there's an inside reality. People know teachers turn up, man. Teachers be turning up, you know, turn up that bottle, turning up in some form or fashion because, you know, they're trying to alleviate that stress, turning up, you know in their personal life in the bedroom or whatever it is but um finding finding some type of release that maybe is not always the most healthy you know man then it's like vicarious traumatization you know mm. if you're if you're around a lot of trauma you're seeing young people being victims of, of violence or just dealing with their their inner adolescent turmoil and you know teenage coming of age realities you're like that stuff wears on you after a while you know going into a classroom trying to motivate young people and having them not rock with you or yeah. break you down you know what i mean they'll assault your person <laughs> they'll assault your personhood <laughs> with no problem it takes a it takes a very strong person to keep coming back every single day and not give up and not let that let that beat you down so yeah man you know, okay I, 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 yeah I feel about to go. We have to jump right in. You know, I haven't even had you introduce yourself yet. So let's do this. How about you introduce yourself for the folks to know who you are? And I think we're ready. We're already jumping in. I think what you've already just said about students who will say, <laughs> let me just hold on because I'll get excited. <laughs> Brother Emil, please introduce yourself to the, the Taking Off the Mask community. Peace, peace, everybody. My name is Emil Cook. 
Um, I'm a hip hop educator, a technologist. Um, I actually have a blow podcast, but really I'm a me, I'm, I'm just a human being, man. And I'm, I'm out here trying to empower people, empower myself, empower communities, build communities. Um, I'm residing here in Pittsburgh. I work with hip hop ed, the hashtag H I P H O P E D. Um, also work with in Pittsburgh with community forge, and we launched a program called Boot Up, which you can see the little logo next to me. So follow us on social medias at Boot Up PGH. But yeah, that's a little bit about me. I love hip hop technology, and I'm out here trying to empower our people to, you know, cross digital divides and just empower ourselves, not just to get jobs, but, you know, all reconnect with who we are, tell our stories, and, um, you know, not be afraid of anything, not yeah. be afraid of who we are. We now be afraid. Well, that, and that's what today's about. Today, these these conversations with men from all over the world is around how do we get a space to talk about who we are for real. And so, um, brother, as a guest, you get to decide who goes first. So, thank you for being making the mask, and um, we're gonna jump in. And I think that it's already. I'm already feeling where 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 we're heading, but I'm excited to to let let the energy take it where it needs to go. So, you decide. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Um, mm, I'm gonna let you go first. I'm gonna let you go first, brother Shanti. All right. So what I'll do is I'll share the front of my mask and then, um, I'll ask you to share the front of yours and I'll share the back of mine and then you can go after that. All right. Word. All right. All right. So, so I'm not sure what I was drawing today. Now that I look at what I was drawing, it looks like a ice cream cone. Maybe I'm, so that's the mask I drew. Um, and the words I drew, I wrote on the front are dedicated, determined and caring. And I haven't used these three together before, which is really interesting. I was thinking about, you know, like the the, the face looks really serious, right? Normally I write serious, right? Because I'm I think sometimes I'm really serious. I take I take this work really serious. And um, last week I was at a, a convening of leaders around the, world, the country, and I, I really I had a moment of just like saying sometimes how difficult this work is, right? Like I started this work mentoring young men in my classroom as a first year teacher. And what has grown to has been like, like I envisioned it being big, but I somehow just went from me in a classroom to it being this huge thing. And the journey of getting to this bigger thing has been long and hard. Like this has been 18 years at this. And sometimes I feel like I'm so far behind. And so I think when I wrote dedicated, I wrote like, like I've been committed for 18 years to this. We have a big event coming up in May. 18th year of anniversary of this event we have the 24-hour relay and i'm like man sometimes i forget how dedicated i have been because i get more sucked into where our success is at this point and um i'm dedicated been to doing it. this work 18 years bro man i've been That's what's up. man it's been wild it's been, it's been wild and i think but but when I get to the back, you'll see where it, the the juxtaposition of the front, which is where I'm pushing towards, but how often it doesn't feel like it's making a move as fast as I wanted to make, right? It's not growing as fast as I would have wanted it to, and so I'm having to like I have to navigate those worlds of like stand dedicated, stand determined, and really caring a lot. I think when I because I care a lot, it's almost this this dance between like wanting to have the moonshot idea we're gonna save. Her, you're gonna save thousands of kids, which I really want to be able to do, but knowing that it's hard enough trying to help one, it's hard enough trying to help a group of ten who mm. are struggling, right? And so, like having that part of me who wants to re keep giving and keep giving, and knowing that 
in order to get the big bucks out there in the philanthropic world, you got to sell them a big idea of helping everybody. But it's hard. And so I think that's where I stay on the front. So that's the front of the mask. And so, uh, yeah. So yeah, dedicated. Tell me the other two words, bro. Yeah. My mind's a little. I'm no, no worries, but with focus, bro. No, no worries. Dedicated, dedicated determined. determined, and caring. All right, word. Yeah, that's deep. I shared. I shared one 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 of those words with you. Right on. All right. Well, you get so to you go. You want first. me to share my front now? That would be great. Yeah. All right. Boom. I don't got it. I didn't write it down, but I'm gonna like flip my screen, and I should be able to share it on this way like this. okay we got high tech here yeah, we ain't never tech, had no high, high tech, tech. Okay. check that out <laughs> boom so, I, I, it shouldn't show the back yet but um just look at the front words you know what i mean the front words thoughtful yeah optimistic and caring you know doesn't matter oh, those man. are my front words that's awesome let me get it back to me all right so thoughtful optimistic and caring that's that's what mm. i feel like i try to show the world um yeah, I'm very caring. I care about young people seriously in a deep in a deep way. Like, you know, I see myself in them. You know, when I look at my students, when I see young people, I just see limitless potential. Um, so I try to be caring and and thoughtful. Like I try to be thoughtful and reflective about what's going on, thoughtful about my actions, thoughtful about my time, everything. I try to be, you know what I mean? Real thoughtful about what I listen to, you know, who I interact with, like where places I go. I just try to be thoughtful and um, try to make wise decisions or positive decisions. Um, and then I'm an optimistic person. So like, you know, like protect my energy. I don't like, I don't really get pessimistic and oh, it's not, it's not gonna work out, you know, cause I feel like that energy doesn't serve, doesn't serve me well. It doesn't serve people well. So, Either you're gonna take action or just be quiet. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. because there's probably something good that's going on that you're missing. It's so easy to identify the negative. Mm. It's like everybody can identify the negative, but like, can you have identify the positive things? You know. So I try to stay try to stay in that lane. I'm not saying I'm hitting them with the toxic positivity or just like just staying like, oh, my leg is broken and I'm like, oh, just, you know, I'm, I'm bleeding out. Like, okay, I'm just going to be super positive. No, I need to get my butt to the daggone hospital. But, you know, I try to keep it optimistic and be caring and thoughtful. So that's what I got on the front. That's what I show the world. Mm, beautiful, man. You know? Thank you, brother. And I, and I, you know, I share with those, echo those sentiments, you know, I'm caring. I feel like I am determined. I'm, I'm some of those other qualities you had there, like determined and dedicated to. Yeah. I mean, I've been, I think I started in 2007, I started working with young people like in a formal capacity where I was really like on salary. I mean, I started when I was in high school or college, you know, little summer counselor type things, but 07, I started working in residential treatment facility um, mm. as a, a, I think it was first as an overnight staff specialist, like mm. just making sure youth wasn't harming himself. Yeah. I was in grad school. Wow. You know what I mean? Just and then then I was classroom teaching and just going from there. You know, I, I, maybe we'll come back to that. I think the residential treatment piece because a lot of the work that we're doing right now with young people is really around youth w mental wellness, right? And I think 
how often as educators, and you've probably seen it, how you see these behaviors that start when you're younger begin to follow you. And if they're not dealt with in healthy ways, they're going to come out in some unhealthy ways, right? We can, mm-hmm. we can point to time after time of people who have uh, apparently on the outside made it, right? Got a contract, got a riches, joined the NFL, NBA, and then did some behaviors that were like, why would they do that, right? Well, I mean, it's it's possible for anyone to do that behavior. You would think that once some people would think well, once you get the money, you should all the problems go away, but they don't, right? They almost sometimes just magnify them, right? Or they let you buy more toys to try and ignore them, or more self ways of a self uh, medicating. We could use it, or whether it's a substance or it's a toys, right? And mm-hmm. those they don't if you don't deal with the roots. It's coming back. The weeds are coming back, right? Mm-hmm. You can keep plucking the tops of the weeds off, but anybody who's ever grown anything know they're coming back again, you know, with force, right? With a vengeance, yeah. With the, and, the, and, the, and the roots are going to get stronger, and then it comes out on the surface. You're like, what the heck is happening here, right? Um, and you so can I think, hide it. Like, yeah, you can hide it. You know what yeah. I mean? You can sober up real quick and, you know, act like everything was all good. Like, you That's didn't right. just do that yesterday. And Yeah. Meh, but... It's leaving yeah. a mark. It's, it's going to affect you. It does. It's going to catch up with you, man. And when you talked about being optimistic, I think I think about that a lot. And I want to. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come back to that too because I think I I I, uh, I dream of a better future and and how it can get better. And then I find myself in that moment of like, but here's the reality. I think um, Parker Palmer, um, who wrote this book called Courage to Teach, he talks about this idea of, of like standing in the critical gap. He says, well, the critical gap is like the, the the space in between where I am now, where I am right now today, and where I want to be in the future. There's a gap, right? There's a gap. And he calls it the critical gap. And, and, and I think as educators, as teachers, as people who are dreaming for a better future, we, we can't get stuck where we are right now. I think he says we're asked to stand in that gap, in the in the critical gap between where we are and where we dream of being, where we want to be, that how we want to see the world. Because as long as we're in the gap, we're moving towards where we want to be, as opposed to feeling like there's I'm stuck here where it is, you know. So that yeah, that came up. So it's, that, it's like in between the now or the present and the future, almost. Yeah, like that's right. Right. That's right. Yeah. That's it. Because that's all you have right there. That's all you can affect, right? Yeah. That's right. The rest of it is just you might be learning from reflecting on some previous experiences, but yeah, you know what I mean. Well, learning wisdom from the from the past, yeah, and the continual learning. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna share the back of mine, and maybe this conversation I feel is ready to go, so it's gonna go wherever it needs to go. Right. The back is the things I don't normally let people see, um, and so here we go. Uh, worry, getting old. <laughs> And fear. <laughs> now, okay, this is, I, I've I've never written getting old before. I've never written it, but it came up today because for for probably good reason. So worry, like I am, like I think about a lot of things all the time. Like you know, running an organization, like the people, family, friends, young people who I've worked with who are going through stuff. Like it just like sometimes I'm just like in the back of my mind and it's not, not always talking about it, but it's, it's sometimes in the back of my mind that the list of things that are kind of on my checklist of who, who am I thinking about today? Who am I kind of concerned about today? Sometimes feels like a behind the scenes worry. Um, getting old. I'm, <laughs> I don't know how much I want to talk about that one yet. I'm just like, let that one marinate. Um, and fear, you talked about fear earlier. Fear is one of the things that um, I, I think in this podcast, I talk about it more than any other place, but 
fear of failure, maybe even sometimes fear of success. Like, like I was, I was into um, uh, Sean Croxton this morning, and he talked about this idea of of how he was doing this work, and he was like, my business was going stagnant. He said this fear of success because as you become more successful, there's more demands on you and more demands on your time, you know. Mm-hmm. And I and I think about when I, when I heard him talk, describe that, I was like, you know, sometimes I wonder, like on the weekend when I go out the house looking a mess, like. I don't worry about it because no one knows me, you know, but like, is there a time where I have to worry? Like I'm just wearing some beat up old, whatever. I'm, I'm, I got a bandana on my head. Like, I'm just like, whatever. And I wonder, do I want to be worrying about every time I leave the house? Do I have to like wonder who I'm going to see out in the world? And, And so I think about that. Like, am I, do I, do I fear success because I don't want to be demanded? Anyway, so those are things I think about in in trying to build this work right and um so those are the three that and i and i don't think i'm ready to speak about getting old yet i don't think i'm ready to have a narrative about it yet so i'm just going to leave it as a word on the back but it's the first time i've used that word so um, yeah, but it's real. definitely something i don't talk about it's definitely real getting old is a reality of life you know what i mean yeah let me let me um let me share what i had on mine if you don't mind, or you yeah. want to do it, we could chop it up about yours. But I'm definitely no, 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 no I'm please. I'm definitely getting old. Like <laughs> I know the viewers like might be watching. I might look younger than I actually am, brother Shanti. I might have. I might be older than you, bro. <laughs> I might be older than you. you know what I, mean? <laughs> I be fooling folks, man. Uh, <laughs> are you are are you from the '80s though? Like you, uh, yeah. you're in the I'm, '80s, right? I'm from the '70s. Oh. Okay, oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, you surprised me when you had a teenage son. I was like, "How you had a teenage son?" Yeah, my son is my son is seventeen, <laughs> and this is twenty twenty two. So you know what I mean? Like, oh man, yeah. oh man. My three, I got um, resentful, mm. mistrustful, and like you, fear, scared. You know what I mean? Um, so. I think I think I harbor like resentment um towards myself, you know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. like for not taking action. Yeah. I don't know, resentful is like that's a heavy one. Um Yeah. I'm resentful at America, man. I'm gonna be honest, you know what I'm saying? Like January 6th, all these people, I feel like they lie to us. The system lies to us, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. a lot of a lot of lies that that get propagated, you know what I mean? Um yeah. People really don't care. They don't really say, they don't keep it a hundred with us as, um, I don't want to say, I keep saying they, but like families let us down, parents let us down. You know what I mean? So I harbor resentments. You know what I mean? Like people don't want to accept the truth. Don't want to like accept facts. You know, we got alternative facts. What is this? You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I'm resentful of the elders. Some of the elders. Yes. You, some of y'all elders, y'all haven't been good elders. Y'all haven't been honest. Y'all have abused children. Y'all have done corrupt things. You know what I mean? You haven't um, been able to even accept your own flaws and just be honest. So yes, I'm resentful of those type of people. Yes. And then I'm resentful of those qualities in myself where I have sold my own self short and now I'm getting old. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, like I'm resentful that I, I waited for somebody to pipe me up or put a battery in my back to for me to do what I'm supposed to do. You know what I mean? Oh. I'm resentful, you know, that I waited in line 
or wait, took my turn, you know what I mean? Or resentful that I actually thought someone would be there for me when they couldn't be there for me because for whatever reason. Yeah. I just got to let it go, man. You know what I mean? Let all that go. You know what I mean? Breathe it on out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I really like the way you said it, man. I think, like, (laughs) and I think I... This idea of waiting for someone to put a battery in my back, right? Like, I think, um, and I think I've, I wonder where that comes from, but in a lot of ways, I don't, I think it comes, I know where it comes from in me is like mm-hmm. doubting my own self doubt. Like, um, this weekend, Saturday, I had a plan. I was going to go to a cafe, I was going to get my computer, and I was going to just start writing. I was going to like spend an hour writing. Like, I was just going to like no distractions, nothing's going to yeah. distract me. Yeah. I get to the cafe everything seemed more important at that moment than taking care of my own stuff and writing for my own project, you know? And I was reading a book actually that really helped me to like stop, you know? And, um, uh, Sean Dove has a book called I too am America. And he's been on one of our guests on the podcast. And, and I've been, I've been having the book in the, in the, in, in the, in the shipping package. I've been meaning to read it. I opened it, but I hadn't started reading it. And I literally pulled the book out and uh, I'm going to read a part right here. Cause it's actually what you, something you just said, actually mm-hmm. stood out to me. Um, and this is what it says in one of the parts in, in the book. He's a, he wrote a poem and it says, um, I'm going to just read one section of it. It says, mm-hmm. um, I almost got to read the whole thing almost, but it's kind of long. Ahead, um, it's so he said, whilst that poetry in motion, I stopped to look in um, a brother with ways to which write a book. He says, um, a billion brothers who know all too well about unwritten words that unwillingly die before bred and bound and able to fly. Why do my brother's words wear weights of woe? My ears to the ground, I'm dying to know. We must give our words wings so they can sing a song for all brothers they will bring. The ability to dream, to fly, and to soar is to you, my brothers, these words are for. To give your words a life, you must sit and write. Your story with tales of what life is like. Do me a favor and set your words free because I need to hear them. Do it for me. And it was that moment where like, what? Like, it was like, it was like, I'm trying to like, I'm, I'm escaping the idea that I should be sitting and writing. And this is this poem I read in this book is saying, I need you to sit down and write. Like what? Like, mm-hmm. and it was almost exactly, it's like that. It was, it was that moment of just like, Okay, Ashanti, like you got to do it, and and I think that that's the part where you, where I've had to also work on that. Like it'll expose, and like I think my resentfulness comes from like okay, let's say you do sit down and write your your illest poems and your your heartfelt sentiments, but then it's like the people that you love the most or that's supposed to love you the most, it does it has very little meaning to them, or they don't have the time to even consider sitting down, you know what I mean? And yeah. engaging with you. So it's like, it, it might have impressed all these other people, but the people that it's supposed to impact or that yeah. you would want it to impact, yeah. you know what I mean? It might not even reach them or they, they too busy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's where I think some of my resentment, my resentments come from, you know what I mean? Man. Well, it's I, I'm, it is, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe you see it, do you, like maybe as an educator, do you see it, do you see it show up in young people too? Do you see, 
Like they may not have yes. words, they may, they may not have the word resentment, but you see their behavior, their attitude, and you're like, I see something. Yeah, I think something. a lot of their anger comes from similar places. You know what I mean? A lot of parents just pass off their kids an a iPhone, an iPad, an Android, you know what I mean? A smartphone, you know, buy them some V-Bucks, some Robux, you know. <laughs> And it's like, nah, the kid will go on, build something in Minecraft or in Fortnite, get some accomplishment, come and grab you and be like wanting to show you. They want your, they want to engage you. They want you to engage with them ultimately too. You thought you had just bought them the toy and that's all, that would like give you the break that you wanted to go back to adult world. But nah, like they're going to still... Be happy that you got them that, but you can still trigger resentment in them the minute you don't have time to like look at what they accomplished mm. on that platform or in that platform. So, you know what I mean? I think like a lot of you feel like that. A lot of you feel resentful, like resentful when parents is like leaving them to do, you know, adult activities, go out, go outside and go to the club or go, you know what I mean? Yeah. Go to a fancy restaurant and leave them at the house with the babysitter or, you know, with a relative. So yeah, kids know, you know, they know what you value. They know that you might not value them yeah. to the max. Yeah. You know what I mean? They yeah. feel it. They feel it. Trust and believe. They feel it. And you could justify it in your mind and say, yeah, you really value them. But the sacrifice, that's what shows where the value's at. What you'll sacrifice for. You know what I mean? Yeah. What you'll sacrifice and for a lot of people that come to what you spend money on or what you spend time on. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, yeah, you you're gonna say you love every parent is gonna say the right things that they really care about their kid. And yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, it's 2022. How many parents is still reading books to their kids at night? I don't know. Like spending that quality time with their kids. Like, you know what I mean? I don't think that that's as much of a tradition as it was couple generations ago i don't know you know I, I would encourage parents to read books to their kids i got a whole gang of children's books around me and i try to take a little bit of time i can visit visit early childhood centers and daycares and try to read for kids because that's monumental that's a huge impact you know what i mean and a lot of, not enough kids get that one-on-one -on -one human time with people everybody not just them is looking at a device so when we can look young people in the eye and see who they are and, you know what I mean, tell them that they matter and, you know, show them a book and and and, and spark their imagination and, and be right there. Have a, like a, I think that's the thing is like have, going through the experience with them, build up their confidence. So, yeah, I think I put a battery in their back. You know what I mean? They need that. Everybody needs that. Like that little bird that's about to jump off the nest. I'm sure that little bird needed a little bit of encouragement from Big Mama Bird, you know what I mean, or Papa Bird. Like, you got this, baby. <laughs> you know what I mean. And what I hear is something they actually push them. They actually be like, "You got to go. Like, yeah. there's no you. You can't. You can't hang up out in here no more. You got to go." Right. And they go tumbling out. Right. Like, it's almost like you. You can do this. You can do this, and you got to do this. You you got to do this, you know? Um, I really I saw you on, on your Instagram um, reading books to some kids, and, I mean, you could tell how excited they were to have you there. They were just like, I see it. It was like talking about a chameleon or something. They were like, I see it, I see it. And they were all, I mean, they were out of, I mean, it was amazing. Like, teacher, you can hear the teacher saying, oh, no, calm down. But they were just so excited, right? The energy that 
it's almost it's almost like un, it, I'm amazed at elementary early childhood teachers because I don't I, I'm I'm sure that I don't have that kind of energy, you know, it, yet at or at least at this I point. I used to think know. I just was good with high school students, but like now as I'm getting more seasoned, I guess that's a better word than old. Getting more seasoned, I feel like I'm 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 appreciating working with the younger kids even more too, you know. Yeah. You know, Frederick yeah. Douglass got that famous quote about like it's easier to um like work with to build up children than to fix broken men. You know yeah. what I mean? But yeah. sometimes I feel like you know there's a lot of hope with the youth. You know, yeah, just getting to them too. But yeah, I, but I really do value education. I do love it so much, man. So I yeah. give them my all. I give them my energy. You know, and um, so that's what it is. Let me see what other words I had up there. Mistrustful, yeah. Mm. That's another Ooh. thing, you know, talk about worrying, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mistrustful. Sometimes I can be mistrustful. Misjudge people, misjudge situations. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, for real. Even my own son, like, I, or my own, you know what I mean? I'll be like, what you do? Like, you know, and this is to all the parents out there. A lot of time we see our kid or the teachers, you see the kid with the phone, you automatically, what do we automatically assume that is they're doing something wrong? It's not always the case. It's not, it's not always the case. They're not you. <laughs> <laughs> we give them our point of reference, you know? <laughs> what you, what you smiling at over there? What you smiling at? What you looking at? What you looking at? Right? Like the, the stuff, right? The, Oh, I've, 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 I've been, I've been guilty of it for sure. Like, you know, and sometimes with the youngsters, I'm just, I want, like what I've learned from them and I had to learn this literally in live action, like, like they in their minds are multitasking a lot better than we have ever needed to, or, or had the ability to, cause we didn't, we were just, we were in a room, there are friends there, we're talking to them, but they're like talking to them and in a device and playing a game and like, like the mold. And then what happened over the pandemic is Kids were like, listen to a teacher, listen to music, playing a video game, and hanging out with their friends in the same room at the same time because all they needed to do was be seen like this, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, some of you, I went to a workshop the other day and I told the kids, I said, look, I, I know some of you got real good at multitasking. I know you got real good at it. You, you know, the teacher's teaching, you got your jams, your video game, your homies at the same time, and you just, and they think you're still paying attention to them. You're not even listening to them. Right, it's not at all, not at, at all. all. Right, you're just like, waiting for the to do. What's what's the to do? Okay, there's a time to do now. Okay, we're doing something now. And then besides that, I'm in another world the whole time. Right, steady capping. They're capping though the whole time. They think they, they think they're yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. I'm a, I'm a master. I got my master's degree in Japanese, man. You know what I mean? I'm multilingual. I'm fluent, man. You know what I mean? So you know. <laughs> <laughs> So look, so talk about the young people. Let me ask you this: What do you see for the young people in your community? Like, what, like, do you see? Do you see? Like, sometimes the masks are really good at it, right? But now that when we become aware of it, do you, do you recognize young people in your community also, like, navigating these emotional masks, trying to pretend like they don't feel what they're really feeling, and uh, is that also happening there? Yeah, I think that I think that they're definitely still wearing masks. You know, I think I think one of the things I'm I'm realizing is that a lot of the young people they I don't know if they always had the vocabulary to identify the feelings. I feel like, you know, we're still dealing with that happy happy mad sad glad you know basic emotional vocabulary a lot of times. Yeah. Like we're not getting into the, you know, um. 
I'm uh, I'm I'm exasperated or like I'm exhausted and uh, you know I'm just I'm just really disappointed. You know, like I, I feel like sometimes we're not getting to the nuanced language all yeah. the time or or so sometimes you know what I mean. And like yeah. so you gotta have to dig you have to dig that out of a young person. Like they're not just gonna give that up. And I think that comes through trust. Yeah. Um, through building trust with young people. Um, but I have been sharing the the mask the mask movement with them, you awesome. know, and trying to guide guide them through it. But like I feel like I gotta do it one on one instead of like, you know what I mean? I gotta I gotta go through the workshop. I gotta follow mm -hmm. the workshop, and um, you know I know you got the curriculum on here, but definitely um, I'm I'm excited to to use it with youth, and um, I have I have used it with a couple youth and. You know, we posted our mask one year, so nice. So I gotta check it out. Do you? What? What did you? Um, when they were willing to share their mask with you, what did you notice? They did they? Did it kind of open it up a like, thought? It like, was like first, oh, oh yeah, I do. Like, I do. They were like, I was like angry, you know, on the outside, like angry, you know, hard, um, yeah. things like that. You know, we put that tough exterior, yeah. But then it was the the, the back of the mask. It was like I, I wasn't. I don't feel like I was completely satisfied. But you know, that's me. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I'm the type of therapist or counselor. Like I want, I want you to like. I want to feel it. I don't know. Like that's probably that's probably not <laughs> not the best practice. But you know, I just try to like encourage people to just dive deeper into the emotions. Dive deeper. I'm that type of teacher too. Like I like yeah. to push my students a little bit hard. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, I'm, I appreciate you, and I'm the same. I think uh, I think one of the things I noticed that anytime I was having a observation, like I, I never cared about observation. I mean, I do what I needed to do. Like I'm a teach, right? So I'm not gonna put on no show when somebody comes in to observe. We're just gonna create the conversation that's about what's happening. So if you're if you're focused, great. If you're not focused, I'm gonna I'm no, I'm gonna name it, right? But how do we make sure that we give a space for? those kind of conversations in the classroom, right? And some young people, you need to pull them aside. Like, hey, what's going on? I'm I'm noticing that your your energy is a little off today. And sometimes they don't even think you notice. So they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, normally this is what I see, but today is what I'm seeing. Like, am I missing something? Is something all right? Are you all right? And like, and sometimes they'll they'll push back because they're they're in shock that you see it, but they need to put in denial that you see it. So they gotta be like, man, what you talking about, man? You, you be tripping. You know, I'm like, all right, well, I just want to let you know that I noticed something, and whenever you're ready to chat about it, I'm here, and no pressure. If you need something, let me know. Because sometimes they would come to class, they'd be in a bad mood, and they think you should know that they're in a bad mood. And I'm like, hey, why are you why are you talking to me like that? Like, I, I'm not disrespecting you. Why are you talking to me like? And then and then and then in their mind, they gotta kind of get shook up because they're like, oh wait, how am I talking to him? What? Or sometimes they'd be like, you should have known I was mad. I'm like, how was I? You just got right. here two minutes ago. How was I supposed to know you were? in a bad mood. Like I, you know what I'm saying? Like how would I, how was I supposed to read your mind? Because in their mind, sometimes they think that it, it's really easy to tell. Right. It's written on their face or like, yeah. yeah. Like how dare you, how dare you ask me a question? You know, I'm mad. <laughs> like, like, no, I'm, that's actually, I'm going to really ask you a question when you're mad because I want to, I want you to practice your, your coping skills. I want you to really like work through those feelings. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I think that that that's one of the things that's missing. I think a lot of time we maybe deal with our young people sometimes with kick gloves and we try to tiptoe and dance around them instead of like really just lovingly like address them on on whatever's going on with them, you know, 
And I think that that's, that's a good practice. I think, I think, um, young males growing up in urban environments, we really need to like talk about our feelings and make sure we address them. You know, be mad at something like say, why are you mad? Why are you mad? You know, um, don't just try to like stuff all your emotions down. Yeah. But yeah, like you know, a lot of times, so yeah, they'll they'll use or they'll use their emotions as an excuse. You know, I seen um, I seen I seen youth use like anger and stuff to cover up from being called on. Like they really don't want to get called on. They're not prepared, or like they don't want to read, or it's like okay, well you're gonna deal with these this rough attitude just just as a defense mechanism to prevent you from calling on me or just just to prevent you from really even seeing my intellects so that way you'll have expectations that I'll perform yeah. so if i if i can basically get you to write me off then i don't have to worry about you ever really holding me accountable mm. yeah ooh, ooh, ooh. let me ask you one question i'll ask is mm. um what 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 called you to education like why what was it, you know, the stuff you did when you were at the, the the rehabilitation center, you talked about the residential treatment center, but what was what was it that in education or what was about the profession that you were like, this is where I need to be? And what, maybe that's a question I'm curious about. Yo, I love education, man. I think just growing up in the 90s in, um, you know, the early 90s in, in Boston and just um, the climate, man, like, Watching Malcolm X movie, you know, seeing seeing him learn, um, reading Malcolm X autobiography, you know, seeing how he basically self-educated himself in the jail cell, the power of education to transform somebody. Um, you know, hip hop, man, hip hop encouraged me to be an educator because listening to Nas lyrics, man, I remember listening or, you know, just not only Nas, but I mean, I remember listening to Bone Thugs in Harmony and 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 so many different MCs. I'll be listening, trying to really deconstruct all of the bars, and it would be like I can't even understand them. Like, why don't they teach this in class? Because I can't even like slow it down and process it enough. And then it's like I want to understand what they're talking about. So I always love learning. So to me, like, and I like I liked learning in class, and I liked classes that was fun. So to me, it was like I want to learn. I like learning so much and engaging you know i like when the teacher would bring in not just a a regular overhead but bring in the daggone vcr box you know what i mean like bringing the, the tv with the vcr strapped to it in case it was a fight or something wouldn't the tv wouldn't fall off but or the dvd player i mean i don't think i really remember the dvd player we was using vhs but that was that was lit for me, you know, and, and so exciting. And so I love learning. And then I love learning like black history. I went to HBCU. That got me piped up for learning even more like Dr. King. I had so many great teachers, man, growing up. I had some motivational teachers. I, I plan on writing about it. I plan on telling the story more in depth. But, um, you know, I just got turned up for education, turned up for learning. So I by the time I was finishing, I, I majored in African-American studies. Okay. So I just, I really, I had went in college trying to major in comp sci, and then I ended up switching because I don't, at the time I didn't feel like the comp sci department really was offering me the 
cutting edgeness that I needed or the look of cutting edgeness, which is my own fault. But I switched to African-American studies, went, went, went in on that. I got to study in South Africa. I did a study abroad semester, summer semester where um, we studied human rights and it was 10 years after the end of apartheid. Mm-hmm. And I remember like meeting a little boy. He was a street. He was on the street. He was performing on the street. He was like only seven years old. His name was Kulego, wow. which I guess means f- freedom in Zulu. Mm-hmm. And w- over the course of this semester, we got cool with him. You know yeah. what I mean? They would chase the youth. They would chase the youth off the off the away from the hotel we were staying at. It was crazy. So, you know, we had to like, I had snuck them in the hotel in a duffel bag. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Tried to, you know, I would give them clothes and stuff. You know, me and my, my, my homies, we were kicking it. You know what I mean? We'd give them clothes, bring them sweater. You know, he had flip flops on. Now, remember, it's summer semester for us, but it's winter for them in South Africa. Mm. So... He'll come back the next day with all the stuff taken and be like, yo, what's up? What, what's going on? You know, he's like the older boys, the older street boys would mm-hmm. just beat him down, shake him down because they got to huddle up. They live together. Yeah. There was so many like homeless youth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I remember him like one of the nights he would just, we try to feed him. He Sometimes he'll get sick just because he's not used to eating like a full meal. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's smoking already like seven years old. Yeah. You know what I mean? teaching us about the drugs in South Africa, like seven, eight years old. And um, I remember him crying, just saying how he had lost both his parents and his dream was just to get education. Yeah. You know what I mean? Made me think like, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on Morehouse campus, skipping classes, hanging out, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, you know, developing bad habits myself. You know what I mean? Or like continuing thinking that, you know, this is authentic, just hip hop style, you know, just really like not capitalizing on my own education. So yeah, I think experiences like that, man, just fired me up for education and teaching yeah. and just make it, making a difference. I know the difference that one teacher can make. I know the difference, you know? Yeah. Man, thank you for sharing that, brother. Um, yeah. Thank you for thank you for sharing that. I'm, I'm excited to. I think this is maybe the the first of many, and I think that you know I'm hoping that the work that we're doing with this movement can serve you and your students right now, like this year. So I look forward to how I can support that work for you, brother. Like I would, I want to do that, and I know that there, there's a, only a matter of time where this work gets a chance to infiltrate more communities when we can give young people. I mean, the adults need it too, right? The adults need to know that they got their mask too. But for our young people to know that they're not alone, one, that they're adults who get them, who can see them and finding those spaces where they can take off and, and just rest in a moment, just being able to say, like, you know, take a breath and know that people got your back, right? And I think um, that's what we need. I, I think that's what I needed growing up. And I think... The reason Ever Forward started was because I was trying to build what I never had. And -hmm. seeing the students who were who were brilliant, smart, talented, but had a rules around the school that's cool. Smart wasn't cool. So they had to put on this show. And and so thank you for the work you're doing, brother. And I hope that this is just the beginning. You know what I mean? I I hope so, too. I hope so, too. Ashanti is it's dope to be on here. My little message to the, the youth before I go, man, it's cool to be different. You know, be yourself, man. Step into your power. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to be intimidated. 
You know what I mean? But you're strong. You have value. You know, step into it. And I believe in you. You got to believe in yourself. Like, it's all right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, be smart. Be 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 who you are. Like, yeah. tell your story. Like, don't let your... If you hide and run from your story, your story will, like, bury you. But if you embrace it and you tell it, you'll have victory. You know what I mean? And I always tell students, too, you can't, you can't have victory if you're a victim. You know, we've all been a victim, but you can't, you can't have victory if you let that situation, you let those experiences just dominate you. So, you know, there's freedom in talking about it. There's freedom mm -hmm. in, in, in letting people know who you are, what you've been through, where you're going. You got to speak it into existence. So, you know what I mean? I just want to send out love to the world, to the youth of America, to every hood in the world. You know what I mean? We are great. We've, we come from greatness. Don't believe the lies. Don't believe, you know what I mean, the media. Don't believe anything that makes you feel less. You know what I mean? And don't accept less for yourself either. Mm. You understand? Just because you're in a difficult circumstance doesn't mean, no, you can have nobility and yeah. still you can you can have nobility. You, you are noble. You are great. You are a person of character. You can have great character. And, and you're going through great trials because it's building you to have great character. And you just need to accept that and, and don't stop fighting for that. There, there's nothing else to say after that. Like that, that's your monologue, brother. That's your, that's, we, we go, that we're going to clip that one. And that's going to be the monologue to the young people today to listen to that. I'm, I'm not saying nothing else. Tell folks how they can follow you, find you, where you want people to know about the work you're doing, what's coming, projects coming up. Let them know. And we'll put all this in the show notes, folks, too. Okay, word. You can follow me. My personal account is at Emil. That's A-M-I-L Cook, C-O-O-K. So you can just follow me on all on, on, on social media platforms. That's my um my handle. You can follow my professional work. I'm starting a, a real live tech empowerment program. It's called Boot Up, P-G-H. Boot Up, B-O-O-T-U-P, Boot Up. It stands for uh, Boot Up P-G-H. Um, that stands for Pittsburgh. So it's that stands for building our own technology, uplifting people. You know, because when we, I feel like I, I want to make a difference with tech and youth and, and the community, you know, because sometimes we're intimidated about technology. We, sh we, can, we should actually be the creators of it. And we are the creators of it. You know, we're the ones who make mm -hmm. tech pop. But now it's time for us to get our rightful due and, and, and have ownership of that. So, yeah, those are the two platforms you should really follow me on is boot up PGH, T-U-P-P-G-H and Emil Cook. And then tap in with the Hip Hop Ed Network. That's H-I-P-H-O-P-E-D. You can search, uh, search up the hashtag on IG, on Twitter. And then lastly but not least is the Extraordinary People Next Door podcast. I got a podcast with my brother Jason. And we, we go around the city of Pittsburgh and hopefully we're going to go beyond. And we just we just interview extraordinary people that get often overlooked, you know, like people like yourself, people like Brother Ashanti. That's dope educators, dope community activists, people doing innovative things. We just try to tap in with them. So, yeah, those are the platforms you can fo follow me at, man. Appreciate you having me on, my brother. Man. And, yeah, let's keep it. Let's keep it rocking, man. Let's do it. I appreciate you, man. Well, thank you for being on the podcast. And uh, folks, you can make a mask at millionmask.org. We look forward to hearing from Emil again soon. This is not. This is just the beginning. So, thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Uh, thank you, man. Peace.
Taking Off the Mess podcast is produced by Ryan Louie. Editing videography is also by Ryan Louie. Graphics by Kelly Wong. And a special thanks to the team at Ever Forward, Vanessa Cortez and Kevin Romero. And I'd like to thank everyone who's been a part of the creation of this podcast. As we hit this one-year anniversary, we hope that everyone who's been a part knows that they're a part of the Taking Off the Mask experience. And we look forward to you being a part of it as well. If you liked what you heard today, please like, subscribe, and share. And we look forward to us continuing to offer conversations that matter. Take care. See you soon.